0: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Puzzle Day, Tony. What's puzzling to you? I'm Tony Kornheiser.
1: How we're still on the air. I mean, at what point do yeah. they just say, that's it? That's it. Get out of here. Yeah. You had us no, off. You had out. us
0: off after three months total. You had us off by Christmas of 01, okay. if I'm not mistaken. I missed. I missed by a little.
1: Okay, I missed a by a little. I grant yeah. you, I missed by a little. Yeah. We're still on. Whew. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Chiefs beat the Ravens, Luca scores 73, and the Edmonton Oilers close in on a record. But we begin today with the 49ers coming back from 24-7 to at the half and at one point scoring 27 unanswered points and beating the Lions last night 34-31. This was a thrilling game. I watched all of it, not like me. Wilbon, do you see the second half? As the 49ers winning the game or the Lions losing the game?
0: Well, the 49ers winning. I mean, it's what we've come to expect of them. We watched it all year. We praised their offense for being great all season while also having a defense that can stifle you over a period of time. That period of time would be most of the second half against Detroit on Sunday. So they won the game. They're playing at home. I think what may have surprised some people is that Brock Purdy has gone from game manager to big playmaker. I mean, he had a couple of 21-yard runs. He extended plays. He made plays. You can't just sort of put him in a box anymore. He did that with all of the weapons the 49ers have. The 49ers went into this game as a favorite. They went into this game with the praise of a season, except for a three-game losing streak there in the middle. So I don't know that all that much surprised us. I know at 24-7, you had this thing that you were about to turn off the TV until I I talked you off the ledge. And I'm like, wait a minute. The 49ers are the real deal here, and they were the real deal.
1: So I don't want this to sound like I'm saying the Lions lost the game, because I also agree with you that the 49ers won the game. But there was a period of time there in, in the second half. Mike, they had to get a touchdown and a field goal late to tie the game. They had to get two scores. I thought they were late in scoring. I thought they should have kicked yeah. a field goal before field that. Goal and then kept their yeah. three timeouts. Yes, I was and, and tried to get down the field. Now, I'm on the on fourth that. down, I will say they scored a touchdown. But on the third down, it was a running play, and they had to burn a timeout in order to get set up for the next play. And Dan Campbell, I know you said this about the guy who used to be with the Chargers, that he went for fourth down too much. Dan Campbell went on fourth down more than any coach in the league this year. I think it made his players love him. I do. But in the second half here, I think it hurt a little bit. There was a drop pass. There was a missed pass. There was another play on the first play of a possession where the Lions fumbled, and it led to a pretty easy score by San Francisco. So it sounds like I'm saying the Lions lost, but I think you're right. I think the 49ers won. They had 27 points. In the second half, and as you say, Purdy made great plays with his legs. What was remarkable to me, Mike, and maybe this was play calling. In the first half, the Lions gashed the 49ers. Yards after catch and yards after contact. And the second half, they made some sort of an adjustment. That didn't happen in the second half at all. This was the second playoff game in a row I thought they'd lose. I thought they'd lose to the Packers.
0: I thought they'd lose to the Lions, and they won the game. Let me go back to Dan Campbell for a second. Tony, I agree with you that his swashbuckling nature, his toughness, all of that that he is helped forge his team, create and forge yes. his team. Yeah. But they've already bought in. He wasn't playing for the buy-in yesterday. He was playing for the Super Bowl. And I thought those were mistakes in real time. You know I did because I said to you, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I don't believe in this today. The players weren't going to doubt the manifesto yesterday. They were already bought in. So play to win the game you're in now. I didn't like that part of it, and, and, and no criticism of the Lions overall. None, none. They played, they played. They, 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 they went toe to toe with the Niners in wherever they are now, Santa Clara, or yes. whatever. Should have fraudulent won. place. They, they were are. up a lot. They should have won. They could have you know, won. They could have won that game. Yeah. Let's move to the AFC. Should've. The Chiefs beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Patrick Mahomes and company scored all 17 of their points in the first half then benefited from two Ravens' turnovers in the red zone. Tony, what did this result tell you about each of these teams?
1: Well, I'm going to start with Baltimore, a team that I felt was the best team in the NFL going into the playoffs, what they had done over the last three quarters of the season. Um, not yesterday. I mean, they, they, they had four personal fouls, Mike. You can't yeah. have that. It pushes the ball too far back. It's immature, you can't have that. And they had two terrible mistakes late in the game, or relatively late in the game. The fumble by Flowers into the end zone, that's going to be six points on the next play. That's and right. And Lamar Jackson threw a really bad pass on a second down into the end zone where three white jerseys were surrounding the one purple jersey. Any of those three could have made that interception. I felt Lamar Jackson picked a very bad day to have a very average game. Um, what it says to me about the Chiefs is, is easy. And I use this word this morning with you. They are worthy. They're a worthy yes, team. Um, you know, they know what they're doing. Patrick Mahomes is not the MVP this year and shouldn't be, but he's the best football player on the planet. He's been for about five years. In the last two playoff years, he's now 6-0 and with 11 touchdowns and no interceptions, and that's what we like to call Joe Montana Land.
0: Yeah, Tony, I'm not going to disagree with any of that. I thought Baltimore, first of all, you start with, for me, not with Lamar Jackson, you start with undisciplined play. They had no poise. What are you doing? And we know John Harbaugh's a, a, a great coach over a long period of time. But what, what, what were they doing? Could he not get his message across to them? And it sounded like he had warned them all week about just that sort of thing and just those type of penalties. And that, that submarined them. And then to go to Lamar Jackson... And then Flowers, I mean, stop. I, I don't want to hear about the, the, the well, they could have not called the penalties. They called The penalties were fine. The penalties were correctly yeah, called. They were. But when we get to Lamar Jackson, Tony Lamar Jackson just not up to the moment yet. And I'm not going to say he's never going to be that. People who say never must not be familiar with the career of John Elway who got to the Super Bowl and got blowed out three times and came back late in his life at like 38 and 39 and won a couple. So I'm not going to say never about Lamar Jackson, but he's not up to the moment yet, Tony, and neither was the play calling. Baltimore just did not offer their best effort yet. Run the damn yeah. ball more. Lamar should not be running all around throwing it, and he should have been willing to take off more. They were out of personality, perhaps because they wanted it so bad at home, and it got to them. It overwhelmed them. But Baltimore, there are plenty of places to fault them, and Kansas City, as you said, is a worthy champion.
1: Yeah, everyone spent all year saying what happened to the Kansas City offense. You mentioned it every week. Including and everyone me. Everyone said all year. Including me. Well, what yep. if – Yes. Well, everyone said all year, can Mahomes win on the road? Because he never had to do it before. He just won convincingly in Buffalo. And he won Twice. convincingly in Baltimore. And, and you, you have to give them credit. They, I mean, they deserve so much credit. We and Andy Reid, all of them. We have a rematch. Huge credit. Yeah. Yeah. We have a rematch of sorts in the Super Bowl. Four years ago, the Chiefs beat the 49ers. 49ers had Jimmy Garoppolo then. The Chiefs had Tyreek Hill. The 49ers were up 20-10 to with six minutes and change to go. And the Chiefs got three touchdowns in the last six minutes. Well, on
0: the 49ers are a slight favorite here. What are your initial thoughts? Well, they were a slight favorite. I I mean, just listening a few minutes ago, I heard the money had moved to Kansas City, and Kansas City's now a one-point favorite. You know, I don't care about any of that. Um, It doesn't matter in the least, not to me. Um, Tony, it's a game of two Titans in the league this year. I don't know that anybody's an all-time great team. Kansas City can just prove, sort of like the 49ers of the 80s proved, that when you keep it going, or the Patriots, you know, of the aughts and then the teens proved that when you keep it going, that's a, a specific form of greatness that may be different. I don't know that either one of these teams is an all-time team, great team for this season, but I'm ready to watch it. I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have a favorite. I'm happy to see yeah. Patrick Mahomes play again. I'm happy to see this group of Niners play again. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the two teams in there, but I don't – that's a pick em game to me, and that's as far as I go with the gambling.
1: My initial thought on this, because when it opened, I thought it opened at two points, San Francisco minus two. So my initial thought then – was, are you allowing me to bet on Patrick Mahomes and you're going to give me points? Where do I sign up for that? Now, it may have moved because so many people bet on Kansas City because of that. On Kansas City,
0: yes. I'm going to take issue.
1: I'm going to take issue with you on one point when you talk about who's not a great team. I take issue in this sense. I still smile at the fact that you called Kansas City a dynasty of one. A dynasty of one was a Super Bowl shuffle bears. They were dynasty of one.
0: That's right. This is now six
1: straight AFC championship games. This is four years in the last five into the Super Bowl. Mike, I think they call it recency bias. If we didn't see the Patriots looming so large with everything they've done over the last 15 years, we would realize that this is historic what Kansas City is doing. There aren't five teams that have ever done this. And I think they are on the verge, if they win this game, of, of being called a great team. And I'll tell you this, that Kelsey... And Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're going to the Hall of Fame. And maybe more oh, sure, are going, too. That, there's that's no a, doubt about that, that. Is, by the way,
0: though. There's magic we, there. Yes. And it's overall magic. It's, it's extended magic. Yes. I don't see that as yes. singular season magic. And, oh, and we no, did but see it's the Patriots. We just saw the Patriots do it. So uh, recently, I understand Yeah, that. I just saw the Patriots. I just saw them do it. So Right. You know, to but I'm saying from a historic from context. Them, Yeah.
1: From a historic context, there aren't five teams that have ever done it. Let's take a break. Coming up with an NBA player, soon top Kobe's 81. 81.
0: And is this a good time or a bad time to have a break for the streaking Edmonton Oilers? Kobe's 81, man.
1: Kelsey has more playoff catches
2: than Jerry Rice. Than Jerry Rice. Pardon the interruption is presented by Gray Goose. Feed LaVodka. Please sip responsibly, part of Happy Hour. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Great Goose, part of Happy Hour.
1: It's time to find out what's itching your britches. I like that. That's a good phrase. Let me get the first one. time! And go to the glasses. Now that Embiid scored 70 and Doncic put up 73, do you think that someone will soon top Kobe's 81? Soon top, Tony.
0: You know, there's, there's, there's certainly a feeling of can you top this in the NBA right now? And guys are competitive and they're greatly skilled. They're lavishly skilled. And some guys can do it with the three pointer. Doncic had eight of them. Some guys can score 70. I think Donovan Mitchell did with one three pointer. There's a variety of ways and a variety of skill sets. 81. I don't know that I see 81 coming because if you go past 81, the next question is Wiltland, and I definitely don't see that coming. I'm going to say no to 81, and God knows by the week I could be wrong because, I mean, Booker, yeah. has, he goes over 50. It's 45, 50 routinely, and various people do it. I'm going to say 81. I'm going to say no.
1: It's outrageous how people score now. We had four 70 or 70-plus 70 games in the last 390 days. We had two, I think, in three days. In a week. Prior to yeah. that, in the period between 1964 and 2022, which is 58 years, there had only been four 70-plus. The athletes are better. They're doing this while they're guarded. They're being guarded. They're great players. Well, Coaches kinda. use they're analytics to put them in position on the court where they can maximize their own efficiency. Yes, true. We see 140 yes. to 138 games all the time. And it's not just the three. You fan out for the three, but it leaves the middle open. It, it, they're just really, really skilled. But much like you, and I could be wrong, 81 seems
0: a bridge too 81. far for me. For me, 81 Real quick, seems real quick like question that. for you. That, you live through the yeah. part of the Wilt, Baylor, West guy scoring. You live through that. And you covered yeah. the 80s when people were yeah. winning in the 70s. You got. Yeah. The, are you offended by what you see now? Do you like it? What's your feeling?
1: I'm, I'm not. I struggle with it. It's not that I'm offended. It seems, again, it seems like the talent level is so high that I'm sort of in awe of it. But I don't love it. But I don't right. love it. Here's the next one. I right hear you. Do you think the All-Star break will make it easier or harder for the Oilers to tie the
0: NHL record for consecutive wins? It can't make it easier. The, the, the word momentum is a word that exists, momentum. Momentum means a certain movement, a certain energy, going in a certain direction at a certain pace. And you stop all of that. So it can't help it. They may very well do it anyway because they're that talented. And defensively, they are smothering people. It's easy to look at Edmonton. And I mean, and you look at you know great scoring, particularly out of the best line offensively in hockey. But defensively, Tony, they've been shutting people down. But I don't even know how that maintains that energy and that pace through a like a eight day break. That's a really long break. So I'm going to say no, nine no, days. We can't help nine,
1: nine days. Too I long. I agree with you. Hurts it. I, I don't see how I don't see how it can help. They have just won 16 games in 37 days, and I agree with you about momentum. They're going to have nine full days off. When you're on a heater, that's going to cool you down. I, I don't see yes. that that's avoidable on any level. Plus, they open up at Vegas. Vegas is the defending Stanley Cup champs. They're 6-3-1 and in their last 10. Now, I want Edmonton to win. I want them to tie the record and break the record because then it can justify firing any coach on any day in any <laughs> league in the world because that's why... That's why Edmonton is so much better. But my reaction is it cannot help. This kind of layoff cannot help. Cannot help. That's Enough right. email. Cannot help. Can. Let's take one last break. Still to come,
0: Jim Harbaugh meets Justin Herbert. Hi, Justin. I'm your new coach. What should we expect tonight from Doc Rivers in his first game as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks? doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com
2: pardon the interruption is presented by Grey goose feed la vodka please sip responsibly part of happy hour
1: happy time people happy 59th birthday dominic hasha the hall of fame goalie won two stanley cups with the red wings in 2002 and 2008 he won the Vesna Trophy six different times, all with the Buffalo Sabres. But what sets Hashik apart from other great goalies like Ken Dryden and Patrick Waugh, Martin Grodour Grant Fuhr, for example, is that Hashik was twice named MVP of the entire oh. NHL in 1997, 1998 in Buffalo. Hashik is the only goalie with two MVPs. Generally, goalies settled for the Vesna Trophy awarded specifically to them. It's like a pitcher winning the MVP when pitchers have the Cy Young Award just for them. Hasek played 16 seasons and was aptly
0: nicknamed the Dominator. Such a great nickname. You know, the Blackhawks had Dominic Hasek early, early, early in his career. I don't know what we got in return, but it couldn't have been great. You're giving up this guy who's one of the all time, all time great goaltenders. Wow.
1: Yeah. Happy anniversary, Pittsburgh Steelers. On this day, 50 years ago, the Steelers drafted four players who became cornerstones on their four Super Bowl titles, and all four were elected to the Hall of Fame. The four were Lynn Swan, Jack Lambert, John Stallworth, and Mike Webster. A fifth Hall of Famer, Donnie Schell, was signed by Pittsburgh that year after going undrafted. Four years previous, the Steelers drafted Terry Bradshaw number one, and Mel Blunt in the third round, and both of them were elected to the Hall of Fame, as were Joe Green from 1969, oh. Jack Ham from 1971, Franco Harris from 1972. But four in one draft class, Mike, makes that arguably the greatest draft class ever, right? Tony, that
0: list you just said, that's old fashioned scouting. Oh wait, there was no combine. There were no analytics. How in the world did they do that? Because people knew how to scout. I would trust scouts above all half these dopes who are running around out there now claiming they know what they know. Scouting. You can't get away from it. That draft class is insane.
1: Having trails to the Australian Open. We have a new major champion on the men's side in Sinner and a repeat champion on the women's side in Arena Sabalenka. Sinner, 22, not only beat Novak Djokovic in four sets in the semifinals, but came back from two love down to beat Daniil Medvedev in the finals. And Medvedev is now the only tennis player ever to lose two major finals after winning the first two sets. Sabalenka won her second straight Aussie Open, and on the way to doing it, she beat Kinwen Jang. On the way, she avenged a loss in the U.S. Open Finals last year to Coco Gauff. She beat Coco Gauff down under in the semis.
0: Tony, tennis, both sides, men's and women's, seem to have a posse of great players, young players, and I know we're losing some people. You know, you're going to lose Nadal, and at some point, Joker. And we already lost Federer. But Tony, there's so many great players. The sport seems to be in great hands.
1: One correction, Joe Prunty, two and one is the interim coach of the Bucks. Not two, two and zero. Oh. That's my mistake. Me too. But the, the two that he won, I think he won by seventy points, something <laughs> like that. Let's go to the big finish. Michigan officially it. hired Sharon Moore. Does that make
0: sense? It does, Tony. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard. It's going to be hard, and he won't have the DC that he teamed up with. He's going with Harbaugh to Los Angeles. Speaking of, Harbaugh says his first meeting with Justin Herbert left him feeling a little starstruck. You believe that?
1: Oh, please. Herbert should be (laughs) starstruck and very excited to have Harbaugh. Doc Rivers makes his debut as Bucks coach tonight at the Nuggets. What do you
0: expect? I expect the Nuggets to go real hard. At the Bucks, but I expect the Bucks to be really good in return. I'm gonna watch it. I think that game has some promise, some heat to it, Tony. The telegraph reports Tyrell Hatton will get 60 mil to move to the Saudi Tour. Is that a good get?
1: It's a good get for the Saudi Tour. It's a great get for Hatton. It's 60 million. Yeah, ain't, ain't that the Last truth. one, yeah. Suns at Heat, T-Wolves at Thunder tonight. Who you got?
0: I got the Heat breaking that six-game losing streak, I think it is. I got the Thunder bouncing back. All four of those teams coming off a loss, Tony. So, you know, they got to get righted.
1: Well, two of them are going to have another loss. We're out of time. That's right.
0: we will try and do better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, your SportsCenter. Terrell Hatton, send us some money.